Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirman Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachat Pesachim Davav Amud Aleph, continuing with our exploration of ownership of chametz, responsibility of chametz, of chametz, for chametz in one's property. Tanur uh, We're about uh, about uh, a third of the way down the daf. This is a rewording of a tosefta. If a goy comes into your chatzer and he's got uh, dough in his hands, not your responsibility to get rid of. If you do it slow, but if he gave it to you to watch, then zakuk levayer. Yichid lo bayit, and you have to get rid of it. Yichid lo bayit, if you put a special place for him to put it in, zakuk levayer, you don't have to get rid of it. Shinemar lo yimatzei, it shouldn't be found there. So my kamar, what does this mean? I'm a papa, areshakai. The lo yimatzei is going on the earlier phrase that says, if he walks in, you don't have to do it. Vachi kamar, if you do it slow, if he gave it to you, zakuk levayer, shinemar lo yimatzei. If if he gave, he gave it to you to watch, then you got to get rid of it because lo yimatzei. Ravashi Amar liolama seifakai. It's talking about the last clause, which if you put a separate house. Vachi kamar yichid lo bayit ein zakuk levayer. Why? Shemar lo yimatzei. What's the next word? Bevateichem in your house. Falavti dehu. That's a separate place that you gave him out in your property. You said that shed's yours. The nochi kakamai yolavetav nafshekamai. He's going into his own shed. The name of the schirut kanya. So you're telling me that his rental of the place gives him ownership? This is the Mishnah of Razor that talks about the prohibition of renting out houses to pagans. Even the place where we say you're allowed to rent it out, the issue of Eretz Yisrael and Suri and Chutzlarts, you're not allowed to rent it to him for a residence. He brings in Avodah If you think rental gives you ownership, he's walking into his own house. What do you care if he brings Avodah in? The answer is Shani Hacha Da'afka Rachmanu Lashon Loimatzei. The answer is you're right. Schirut Lo Kanya, but here because says Loimatzei, Mishmatzui Biadcha. Only if you have access to it. However, if you gave him his own house, his own shed that he has the key to, and you can't go in, it's not Loimatzei, even though he doesn't really have ownership of it. If you hold Schirut Lo Kanya, which seems to be the implication of the Mishnah of Arazar. Avinu Marav. Let's say it's the first day of Yom Tov, you found chametz. What do you do? You cover it up with a kli, and then get rid of it, Motzei Yom Tov. If it's you don't have to. So my time was the reason. Everybody stays away. The whole problem is, the chametz that's there isn't really yours anymore, as we'll see. But, we're afraid you're going to eat it. But if it's hektesh, nobody touches hektesh. People are afraid of touching hektesh. From Yudam Arav, goy. Let's say it belongs to a non-Jew. You put a little mechitza, so that it's divided, so that you'll know not to touch it. But if it's hektesh, you don't have to. Again, hektesh is something everybody instinctively stays away from. There's no concern that you're going to eat it. So that means that in these cases, it's not yours. You have no halachic uh, obligation or uh, responsibility for it. But we want you to separate from it so that you won't come to eat it. From Yudam Arav. Let's say you go out on a long trip. Faresh is, is with a boat and you go on a caravan. Let's say you leave more than 30 days before Pesach. And uh, before we get to the end of this Amud, we'll already start investigating why 30 days is the marker. You don't have to get rid of it. But if it's within 30 days, meaning after Purim on, you do have to get rid of it. So Abaye puts a limit on it and makes it actually more lenient. 
When do we say that within 30 days you got to get rid of it? That's only if you intend to come back before Pesach or during. If you're only coming back Shavuot, then you don't have to get rid of it. If you're planning to come back for Pesach, you have to get rid of the chametz even if it's a year, half a year away, half a year earlier. Elam Rav said he takes the opposite interpretation. He agrees that the Atolach Zor is a player here, but it works the opposite way. When do we say that if it's before 30 days, like Rosh Chodesh Adar that you left, you don't have to check? That's why if you don't intend to come back before or during Pesach. If you intend to come back, no matter how early you left, you still have to check, even if it's six months earlier. Rava follows his own halachic reasoning. If you make your house, clear your house out, you're not going to live there, and you make it into a grain storage place. If it was before 30 days, you don't have to clean it out. You don't have to do chametz. If it's within 30, and then he says, Rava added, and even if it's way earlier than Pesach, you're only exempt from Bedika if you don't intend to clear it out and move back in uh, before Pesach. But if you intend to come back or to, to take out the grain and move in, then you have to check even if it's if you left before 30 days or you moved out before 30 days. Now, as I promised you, we're now going to investigate where this 30 days came from. Kiritanya. The famous bright that's Tosef and Megillah. You have to start studying and getting involved in the laws of Pesach 30 days before Pesach. Shemgamliel says, no, it's only two weeks. Now, my time in Tanakama, why did Tanakama say a month? Because in Bamid Bartet, Moshe was at Pesach Rishon, they were bringing the first Korban, and he was telling them about Pesach Sheni, which is a month later, Shonimar, Hashem commanded Moshe for that Bnei Yisrael should do the Pesach in its time, that's the 14th. And then the people came to him that day, or around earlier than that, and said, we can't bring it because we're to my mate. And therefore, he told them about Pesach Sheni a month in advance. He said, no, that's just because since the Torah talks about the laws of Pesach, so Moshe gave them all the laws of Pesach, but he didn't have to do it a month in advance. So my time is going to why does Moshe say two weeks? When did Moshe command them to bring the Korban Pesach, uh, the first one in Mitzrayim? On Rosh Chodesh, and Rosh Chodesh is Elohim Rosh Chodeshim. And then that it was odd that Hachodesh Zelachem, Rava claims, was given on claims was given on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And he told them to take the Korban Pesach, so that's two weeks in advance. Now who says that Achodesh Zelachem was given on Rosh Chodesh? Maybe it was given in the first week of Nisan. Ravina, there's another knech to it. Mihacha. Back into the parsha by Pesach Sheni, that the the parsha of the Pesach brought in the second year is introduced with Hashem speaking to Moshe on Rosh Hashanah Also, doesn't tell us what date. Meaning two weeks from now, if that first thing, if that statement was given on Rosh Chodesh. But again, same question: Who says that that mitzvah was given on Rosh Chodesh? 
was a few days in. Because that pasuk uh, describes Hashem speaking to Moshe b'midbar Sinai, and the very beginning of Vayikra, b'midbar k'tivach, b'midbar Sinai, k'tivhatam, k'adam Moshe b'midbar Sinai, b'omoy b'achad l'chodesh hashini. B'midbar is on the first day of the second, second month. Ma'alalan b'rosh chodesh, afkan b'rosh chodesh. So therefore, b'midbar Sinai in in Perak Aleph is Rosh Chodesh explicitly. Therefore, Bar Sinai and Perak Tet must also be Rosh Chodesh. Now, and as an elemental question, so why isn't the story of Pesach first and then the census of Bamid Bar Aleph later in order? The Torah is not presented in chronological sequence. This, of course, is a battle between Avot Ulam, the Ramban, and the Ben Ezra, and those who follow. He says, is only true when we have two separate parshiot. One could have been after the other and placed before. Within one story, whatever is earlier is earlier. Whatever is later is later. Now that stands to reason just simply because the story has to be told in order. But he has a different argument. If not, then we have rules in Rabbi Shmuel's school. Rabbi Kiva has a different verbiage and different system, but it follows the same reasoning that a general followed by a specific plays one way. And uh, that is, if you have a general rule followed by a specific, that we it's limited to the specific example. Maybe it's maybe it's reversed. The two, prat prat. The flip thing is if you have an example followed by a general rule, then the klal expands. The prat, who maybe it was reversed. Hey, so then the challenge of Pop is, well, if that's the case, then even in two different issues, they have to be in order. So, there's a machloket about whether we employ the rules of Kalu Prat when they're in, when they're distant from each other, not within one sentence. Shaper. So if you say that we do not apply it, then that works. But according to the one who says you could use a klal here and a prat much later to connect them, then the, that means the Torah would have to be in order even in separate parshiot, separate stories. The answer is, I feel even according to the one who says that muhakin zamizek can be connected, it's still only in one story. Nobody's going to take a klal in, in Bamid Bar Aleph and connect it to a prat in Bamid Bar Tet, as an example. So therefore, they could be out of order. Uh, here, the Ramban, of course, has to admit that are just too obvious, but he limits it famously to those examples where you just can't say differently. When you do Bidika, you also have to cancel out, nullify any chametz you own. So, is it because of crumbs that you might not have found? They're not significant. Since they're in your house, maybe that gives them importance. If you have a fruit that uh, that you're still watching, even though you finished most of everything, if you care about them, then there's gezel involved, there's chiyuv maaser, he owns it. But if he doesn't care about them, if you take it, that's not Gezel, another person, and doesn't have to take Maser from it, which means having it in the house doesn't make it important. Having your own importance that you give to it does. 
So Rava Gzer Hashem Yimatzah Gluska Yafavadatei Lavei. The concern about the reason that you, if you're uh, bodek, that you have to invatal also, is because you might find a nice cake, not crumbs, a nice cake, and think about it, and that gives it chashivut, and then you own it. So why don't you just invatal when you find it? Why don't you invatal it on the 14th? The answer is, Maybe you'll find it after it's already the 6th hour, or on Pesach. It's not yours anymore to invatal. Was a famous statement. There's two things that don't belong to you, but the Torah still gives you responsibility for. What is that? You go out in the street and dig a pit. It's not yours, but you're still responsible for what happens. From the midday of the 14th through the Chag, even though it's not yours anymore, it's still, uh, you're responsible for it, and you, and you violate lo yirabalimatzeh. In the late morning of the 14th, as opposed to the night before when you do Badika. Since it's not a time of Isur, because it's not the afternoon, it's also not the time of Beer, because you did that night before Badika. Uh, Therefore, you may forget and not be Mvatalit. So do the Beetle at the time of, um, of, uh, of the Badika. So why don't you vatal it right at six hours? Since during the sixth hour there's already an Isra Durabanan, it's like the Kaima, and again it's not yours, you can't vatal anymore. If you give a woman um chametz for Kiddushin during the sixth hour or later, even if it's um the kind of um Grain that are that's in, inedible, ain't choshin the kiddushin. There's no kiddushin whatsoever because not yours. Even though midoraita, it's yours. Midoraita, it's not. So when they call afkat kiddushin, vatay yisrael the matzam vatalei. What you can't be mavatal chametz after the it's aser vatanya. I always every time midrash when his kar shish chametz betoch betoch. Let's say you're sitting in the bait midrash and you realize you have chametz in your house. Mavatal belibo. You just say something more. Just say it in your heart. Echad shabbat echad yom tov. Whether it's shabbat or yom tov. So Bishlama Shabbat, I understand that could be the fourteen Mishkachat Lagnon Chalabas Aliyah Shabbat. Happens once in a while the fourteenth on Shabbat. So that could be, but when it's a Chat Shabbat Vachad Yom Tov, Yom Tov Batri Surahu. Yom Tov means the Yom Tov Pesach, not Sukkot or Shavuot. So it's already a source. So you can be Mavatalit. So you see that you're able to be Mavatal Chametz even though it's already a time of Isur. We're talking about a student sitting in front of his Rebbe. He remembers that he has some dough that's about to rise. I mean, it's already mixed, and it's about to rise. And he's, afraid, and he's afraid it will rise and become chametz. So he's mevatelet before it's machmitz. Meaning, he's mevatelet, it's not yet asur. You can mevatel anything on Yom Tov that you own. So you could see that the scenario, you're sitting in the Beit Midrash, and from there you could see that that uh, description is, is accurate. Okay, we'll pick it up, uh, with a further halachot of this in the next podcast, start looking at the bracha on Bidikat Chameitz and the wording of it, and the general rule of Berchat Mitzvot. In the next podcast, in the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.